Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Sometimes you just got to let go and let God, you know, I said to you, like, let's just hit record and see what happens. It was shot in the dark, shot in the dark. (laughs) You're welcome, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're pros. We're pros. Wow. (laughs) Self-call. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Chip. Happy Friday. How was your week? (laughs) I know. Well, we're faking it. I know. Showbiz, baby. Razzle dazzle. (laughs) It's Tuesday for us, but this will be airing on Friday. I'm actually traveling, so we're getting ahead of schedule. I enjoy being ahead of schedule on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's less stressful for sure. It, it because is less I feel stressful. like when we're not ahead of it, we're like, oh shit, it's Thursday. We got to get this shit done. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes with the Edge podcast, we do try to wait because it's like some of the topics we were making more timely. And so it felt like we needed to do it the day before, but it's just not very realistic with our schedules. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know why I felt the need to tattle on us that it's a Tuesday, but <laughs> well, anyway. I think it's important. You know, it's another example of like doing things when you can. And it's thank God for Zoom, you know, not a sponsor, but like <laughs> prior to this, like we would have had to have gotten in a room together, you know, it's know. wild. Or I guess done it over the phone. Did you ever yeah. do that? Um, I did a couple times way back in the day. Yeah, it's so funny. I forgot about that. Because Zoom really came to life for me during the pandemic. Yeah, I've like, never heard of it before that. I got really acquainted with it. Everything else I did used to do in person or we would try to, I had to do a couple over the phone, but the sound was terrible. So, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. Happy Friday, everyone. It is the end of the month, which again, we do this every month too with time, but like, I can't believe it. It's, it's been so fast. And every time I'm busy, I just feel like I lose time. And I'm trying to be more conscious of that actually, because it's like a little bit sad. Like I feel like I'm missing part of the summer because June's almost over. It's wild. Um, I I don't know if I've ever said this on here. Um, so Tell me to shut up if I have, but um, I would never tell the, you to shut up. The theory that, like, you know, my parents used to always say to me, like, 
you know, enjoy your childhood because yeah. time starts to fly when you're older. And, uh, you know, the idea that, like, when you're a kid, the summer, three months of summer is such a fraction of your overall life. Right. And now that I'm turning the corner to 50, it's like three months is not a lot of time anymore. So no. the older you get, a summer feels shorter because it's such a smaller fraction of your life. Well, and, and we're still that, working. Right. Right. Whereas as yeah, a child, don't... you like have the time off, which is amazing. But I think you have a little more of like the feeling of that having the time off or whatever just makes time go slower. Yeah. Yeah. I Although think. a vacation does fly by in my adulthood now. <laughs> Whoa. Bless you. Sorry. That sneeze has been trying to come out since we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, we're we're real here. <laughs> We're just like real you, life sneeze. situations. Um, do you want to give me a catch up on like what's happening with you? I feel like I've been so in work mode that I don't even know. So why don't you tell me and the listeners any updates in your life? Do you have anything um, for us? What are some good updates for me? I mean, I survived CMA Fest. That was a wild time. It was a wild time. <laughs> it was good though. Um, but yeah. it's you know, I'm still tired from it. I don't recover like I used to. Yeah. Um, and this last weekend, um, went out on the road for a couple of days, which was fun. But also, again, like did not sleep that great. And I sure. might have been overserved on Friday. No, it's funny. I heard this about you, <laughs> which is what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I, was wondering if you I apparently heckled that. a magician, <laughs> like making fart noises. And So uh, why don't you tell us what was going on? Because I actually went to Bonnaroo on Sunday and was told a little bit about you last week, that weekend. And someone said to me, does Chip like the next day have anxiety? And I was like, no. <laughs> I've never, I've never experienced Chip feeling like, oh gosh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. You're just, you just laugh it off. I mean, I did ask, like, do I need to be embarrassed? And, people oh, okay. and then I saw a video and I was like, Ugh. oh, but, boy. Um, yeah. I mean, I blame the bartender because okay. I only, because you mean, put look, alcohol drank, in your drink. I, I drank, I drank <laughs> the drinks, but they were stiff. And anyway, my sister and brother-in-law, my nieces came this is a show we were in Raleigh, North Carolina, and yeah, I just had a good time. And it was the week vi- after CMA Fest, too. Yeah. So you were kind of like burning steam. Let, yeah, I was mode. like letting loose, and um, it was all in good fun. And um, I was very there was video, there's video of it. So there was a magician that came backstage after the show. And was it who was it? Mike, I think I've, yeah, I was gonna say, is it Magic Mike? I think it is, yeah. Not to be confused with the Channing Tatum movie. Yeah, he but kept his he's amazing. On. Yeah, he yeah. does keep his clothes and on, but his do- magic's amazing. He was doing magic, and there were kids at a table, and I was sitting at a, a table sort of in the corner just heckling him. And like Sounds saying, like you should have been at the kids' table. I was like, but um, like, and making oh fart noises, God. and I had this like little fake microphone. But when I watched the videos of myself, like I am struggling to stay awake. Like you can tell that's all I'm trying to do. It was just it's like, stay awake. You know, I'm like, yeah. Wow. Um. So, but whatever. You know, it was fun. Yeah. Um. Okay. I stayed nice, other than that's always rude. good. Well, yeah. But other than heckling the magician. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You remember that time that you, me, and Mary went to House of Cards? You also. <laughs> yeah, had we there. talked I about it this weekend. I think you have a thing about heckling magicians. Magicians. Yeah. Well, that was. 
I mean, I can't speak to how good Magic Mike was because I don't even remember don't being remember. in a room with a magician. Oh, but wow. um, I can tell you that when we when we heckled the guy at House of Cards, like he was a really bad magician. Well, he and, was a bad one, yes. And he thought he was funny too, and it wasn't funny. So it's just like oh, right it. out of the gate, we were like, I can't deal. <laughs> like we're stuck here. Well, don't put me in that category. That's I know Mary Hilliard and I were doing it. I was going to say like, it was the two of y'all. I get so stressed out in those situations when y'all are being loud. I'm like, I want to die. I don't want to associate be associated with these people like it's so stressful to me i wanted to like crawl out of the room myself um but, it's all in good fun yeah well i don't think it's very fun for them yeah probably not <laughs> Comes yeah i always think it's funny like when you blamed it on the bartender just then it was like have you ever heard people the next morning after a big night they're like i think someone put something in my drink Chelsea Handler always has this joke. And she's like, yeah, it's called vodka. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bitch, you fucking drank a lot. Yeah, like, I did. Oh. I, did, I did drink a lot. Yeah. Well, I went to Bonnaroo this weekend, as I just mentioned, which is such a feat for, first of all, because I had CMA Fest through Sunday. Then that next Monday, I left town to go to Minneapolis and then New York for work. Came back home when then I went to Bonnaroo after one day of rest, which is like, you know me. That is just, mm -hmm. that is a big accomplishment, but it was really fun. My client Kit Moore was playing and then um, I saw Paramore who I don't really like, I wouldn't say their music is really my thing. Like right. they're whatever, they're great, but it's just never really been my thing. Like maybe a song or two of like Haley Williams though. Have you ever seen her perform live? She's, she's amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was she's shook. Amazing. I had no idea. She yeah. is such a performer. She's so charismatic. Like, and her voice is killer. Her voice is killer, but she also like moves around the stage and is doing basically backbends while she's mm -hmm. singing these amazing songs. Like, yeah, it's crazy how much she works the stage. I just had such a big respect for her. Um, I kind of had a girl crush because she's just like so cute. You just want to be friends with her. Like, she mm -hmm. seems really fun. Um, she was amazing. Marcus Mumford, I am obsessed. Like, Did he play Mumford and Sons songs or just his solo stuff? Okay, so he plays a couple Mumford and Sons songs. Then he does his solo stuff. Then he plays like other songs he's written for other artists, which he played this one I love by New Basement Tapes. Um, uh -huh. I had no idea he had written it. Just like crazy. But like the fact that he... I had I've seen Mumford and Sons play at festivals before and I love mm -hmm. them. I mean, I love that first album. Like I wore it out with such a fan, but I've kind of forgotten about him if I'm being honest. Like... They just haven't been on my radar, maybe. Right. So when my friend Courtney was like, oh, Marcus Mumford's playing. We need to go see. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. Wasn't really like overly excited, I wouldn't say. I was just kind of like, okay. The fact that he can walk on a huge stage at a music festival with one guitar and sing acoustically. It so was, no it was band. No band. Wow. And it was a nighttime show. Like that's something maybe you would get away with in the daytime and kind of like, you know, like it's just a dumbed down set. Like, it's just, okay. Like that makes sense. His slot was an eight thirty slot. Oh, wow. And people are like hammer, you know, like it's more of like the rockers, like Paramore and who Foo Fighters who I saw after him, but like he went out there, he commands the stage. Then in between the songs, he's just talking and he's so funny. Of course he has the cutest British accent. Like I'm just obsessed and he's so yeah. cute. Like he has great yeah. style, like physically cute. He's just so mm -hmm. cute. So anyway, I'm, New crush on him as well. <laughs> this this might make you love him too. I remember early early days in um 
of Mumford and Sons, rather than having a fan club, he started a book club that well, fans could yes. join and and they would they, they would like read a book a month. God, and he see? would like do, I don't know if he did zooms or how exactly it worked because I wasn't a member. Oh, of he it, would like, like get on with them. He was part. Yeah, he was part of it. Or maybe he would write a review or it was, you know, oh, like a Reddit style God. kind of thing. But he was interacting yes. with them that way versus it just being like a normal old like praise me fan club. Yeah. Yeah, he's just funny too. He's like, you know, I tries to like watch what I'm saying in between songs. He's like, I'm, but when I'm up here by myself, there's a lot of time to kill. And so I just start talking. But then sometimes when it's just me, I'm a little more nervous too. So I have this anxious energy and I over talk. And he's like, I don't really realize all the, the curse words I say because some of the words don't mean the same thing where I'm from. Like he's like, I use the word cunt a lot. which is not a bad word it's a really bad word here but not in the uk and here specifically it's directed towards women where he's like when we use it it's interchangeable like it's not there's no gender tied to the word cunt you know he's like i refer to my buddies as good cunts or bad cunts like it's right 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 yeah um so we were just it's like their version of asshole almost like yeah and he's like what an asshole that guy you know it's like you can be like a nice asshole yeah yeah he's like and then i noticed the last show i did there was this like six-year-old boy in the front and i'm like gosh i really gotta watch what i was saying but then I looked over at him and he was giggling and I was like, oh, he has a good cunt though. And I was like, God. Just... <laughs> Brings it full circle. Yes. Oh, just loved him. So and then we saw Foo Fighters who I didn't get to say for their whole set because we needed to get back to town. But like Dave Grohl. He's amazing. I just. Have you ever watched their doc? There's a, they've got a documentary called Back and Forth. And if Is you that when he's talking about it... driving a minivan? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, he does in the, like, they, because, you know, obviously he came from Nirvana. Like they could have well, gone right. straight into buses and trucks and all the things. But he, it was really important for him in the beginning to make it feel like it was a new band. So oh. he did, he, he purchased a van and their first tour they did in a van. Oh, um, I was talking about how he picks his kids up in carpool in a minivan. And I'm like, uh, could you imagine? Oh my <laughs> God, I love that. See love Dave it. Grohl driving up to his kids' school to pick them up in a minivan. Like I just love that. He's like a soccer dad. I love it. Yeah, I love, it. I love he him. Seems like he, a, seems, he seems like a good dad. He just seems super down to earth. Yeah, it was kind of eerie. I'm not going to lie, because the drummer obviously passed away. And so they have I don't who's the replacement guy. His I know name's it's Josh Freeze. Yeah, he's okay. like a, he played in Nine Inch Nails. And a bunch OK, of things. I mean, he's, he's also guy. an amazing yeah. drummer. Yeah. But like it was just the whole Big shoes thing. to fill. Yeah, of course. And it just like it's kind of haunting. I don't know how else to say that. that. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, we were, it was raining even. And I stayed like, I stayed through that, which, you know, for me is like, whoa, she must be having fun. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do with your hair? I just let it go, man. <laughs> let let go. Oh my God. Yeah. Lived, lived I mean, the you know, Foo Fighter moment. It's a very British sort of festival experience to have it like get rainy and muddy. And oh, wow. it's like, are your own little Glastonbury? Yeah. Well, I had it. I mean, yeah, for, for a couple songs at least. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it was an interesting experience. I mean, I love music festivals when I can like be present in them and just enjoy the music. So yeah. it was nice. It was really nice. It's fun. I, yeah, I saw I saw your your Instagram post and I was like, oh, look at Kelly down there on I was, the farm. I was really proud of myself for rallying. It felt mm-hmm. like a big rally because then I'm leaving again today. So anyway, yeah. these are not real problems. These are things to be grateful for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just tired. Uh, but yeah, life has been really good over here. Let's talk about confront a little bit. How did you okay. feel about this month? 
Well, you know, it was funny because I, I know that, and I think we talked about it on here when we first said the word, like, obviously we try and keep things light and fun on Friday the for edge. the edge. Correct. Um, and confront on the surface. And when yeah. we first landed on it, it felt confrontational, you know, like it doesn't sound like a light word. No. Um, and, but I do think it's like, we found some really interesting ways to look at it. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, at, at the end of the day, we talk about communication being, you know, paramount to everything and, you know, confrontation is a form of communication and, you know, just like you can't know what real happiness is unless you like let your let yourself feel sad. And it's right again, it's like you you can't be happy if you are sweeping mad under the rug too, or unhappy under the rug. And um, you know, sometimes we ha you have to stand up for yourself. It's a self-preservation thing at times. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was really interesting to sort of look at, you know, how confronting thing confrontation can be actually good. And, you know, I think it's as long as you're working toward a positive goal when you're confronting something, it's a good thing. It might not 100%. be comfortable right. for either person, but I do think in the end, confrontation is really a superpower. Like if you can master confrontation, like you really could do anything because yeah. you'll you'll know how to confront walls that you put up for yourself. You'll know how to confront walls that others put up for you. You'll know how to um, get through really hard times with whether it's relationships or people mm -hmm. at work or any mm -hmm. sort of, you know, partnership. Like it's really important um, because you, you, you know, nobody's going to do this life alone, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's work or play or whatever. So I don't know. It was a, a, like in the end, I thought it was a really interesting word. Um, and yeah. I thought, you know, it played right into our hands. <laughs> it really did. I, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as it allowing us to be, to kind of live our best lives. Like that was something I talked to you. Remember our girl, Terry Cole, she's the boundary mm -hmm. boss. And she came on the edge actually a couple months ago and talked about how to set boundaries with us. I love her. She's a psychotherapist. She's the author, obviously of that book, but I had her back on this week to talk about just what healthy confrontation looks like. And one of the points that she made was just you know, you can't live life without having things to confront. You just can't. Like you can't right. have really true, authentic relationships without having something that comes up. Even if it's like the relationship is great, there's just going to be stuff. It's like two humans ever like navigating anything is going to, there's right. going to be there's differences. outside forces too. Yeah, yeah. We all, and we all have our own like past or our own shit or whatever it is. And so the more that we learn to do that, in a healthy way, but also to take ownership of our own feelings and learn how to communicate about them. Just like you said, that really does open up us, open us up into like living a whole life, like a bigger right. life, a more aligned life, things that we weren't even aware we were missing might fly in. And I just, I don't know. I just have such a peace about that and knowing that like the more we actually try to stuff that down. Like if you're not confronting anything in your life or having confrontation, healthy confrontation in your relationships, something is not authentic. Right. Because that's just like, you're not communicating. So I just right. think we miss out on so much. So I love the topic too. And it really did bring up a lot for me. Is there one thing like specifically you would say you learned? Well, I mean, I definitely had to, you know, I won't go into specifics because it's work stuff and I, you know, I am pretty open sure. about some things, but like, 
there, I w- it was a challenging week <laughs> last yeah. week. And um, I had to sort of confront something. And knowing that, like, I think because I had read so much about confrontation for this podcast, it gave me some of the skills to, like, feel comfortable in it. Because it's like... Look, I don't I don't think it's good for people just to be confrontational people. You know, like that's not I don't think the goal like, here. We're I think not it's trying about to say this is like a healthy confrontation. Yeah, no, it's people. healthy confrontation. Yeah. Sure. And you know, I think one of the most important things about confrontation is that you have built a rapport with somebody that mm-hmm. you're trying to save or rescue or whatever it is. And if the person knows that you're coming from a place of caring, um then it makes it a whole lot easier, even if it's not comfortable. Yeah. So there, you know, there was a moment where I really had to stand up for myself um, at work and I felt fine about it. And normally I wouldn't have because mm-hmm. I would have been more worried about like the aftermath of it and just avoided the whole thing. But I can look at it now and then like, if I hadn't done that, I would still be sitting in a place where I'm not comfortable. Sure. And that's and that's not fair. You know, it's like, and we got past it. <laughs> you know, it like right. it's now in the past and no one's harping on it. We got through it and it's done. Um, and had I not confronted it, I might still be dealing with it. Well, also you set up, I think, I mean, you told me the story, obviously, so I know it, but like to keep it vague and so that it's not just like, talking details about your work life, but like, I feel like what you did, you were able to do it in a kind way. And it was also mm-hmm. like using your voice. So you stayed in your power. Like you, I feel like so many times in the past, we both have been guilty of this where we just give our power away. Cause we want to keep the peace, mm-hmm. but it ends up coming back in the end, like in the future. Like it does. Saying, it lingers. It lingers. It lingers. And it sets the dynamic up to be one where that's going to happen again, because it's like, once it happens, and you give your power away, that's what you communicate to the other person is okay. Right. And so that would have just become the dynamic. And now hopefully it's like, no, we know chip can't be walked all over or whatever it is. And, or it's going to be called to the table and I'm going to have to actually deal. And so, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think that you did a really good job. I'm glad that like what you had learned here helped with that. Yeah, look at us changing lives. Good God, even if it's just our own. <laughs> hey, all, all we, you know, if we change one life, we've done our jobs. And okay, well, there you go. If that's ours, so be Amen. it. Amen, yeah. <laughs> we don't even know if anyone's listening. Yeah, is, any, is, it, is this thing like, on? <laughs> this is like our phone call of the week. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. 
Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I had a similar situation. There wasn't like... There hasn't been a specific action that's been taken yet, but I've been kind of grappling. It's a work slash friendship situation for me. And it plays into some other things going on in my life. And when I was talking to Terry, she, I was really like trying to pick her brain about healthy confrontation because I know I've definitely played my part in unhealthy confrontation in the past. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's that I stuff things and then I explode or I'm just not dealing with things head on so that I'm, I'm like people pleasing and trying to keep everyone happy versus actually just owning my truth, whatever it is, I've definitely contributed. And so I was kind of quizzing her because I don't know exactly how to handle this certain situation. And one of the issues is, is that the person that I'm in this situation with, I'm not sure how they're going to take it. And right. so like, I feel like I want to tiptoe and I want to, you know, I'm doing the thing where I'm like, well, if I just say it this one right way, like then everything might be fine. And so that puts so much pressure on how I handle it, first of all. Um, But second of all, it's just like I'm not being authentic again when I'm doing that. I'm people pleasing or being codependent or whatever you want to call it. And so I really got to the fact of like, I can only do my part in confrontation in general, like I want to make sure that I'm bringing the healthiest version of that, that I can, you know, to the table, but like the other side of it is the other side of it. And I can't control it. Like I can't control how that person reacts. I can't control how they take what I say. I can't control what they do with it after. And so I have to release them and know that like, 
in my life, I genuinely at this point, at almost 41 next month, by the way. Um, Cheers to that. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I do. I feel good. Now. I love 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like at this point in my life, I really don't want relationships, even if they're work or whatever they are, work, friendships, romantic, where healthy confrontation isn't happening or, or that confrontation in general is just one-sided. Like if I can't bring that to the table and it be received, I'm not sure that's a healthy situation for me to be in period. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you certainly cannot control anyone else's reaction to it. Right. What you control is your method of delivering it, Correct. which is going to be with kindness and caring. You can control like when you do it because timing can be everything. You're sure. not going to want to like do right. it when it's a really bad moment for the person to receive it. Right. And then drop bombs. <laughs> and yeah. And that like, and also too, if you, at the end of it, you can be like, I hope this is something that we can get through. I really value our friendship. Like totally. Then that's all you can do. And then it's like up to them to take care of their side of the street. It's scary. I would, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would be lying if I didn't say, especially because of how I've been in the past. You know, I think when you're trying to change behaviors, it feels really uncomfortable at first. But I also feel very at peace. And this month with our topics, it's just really reiterated to me like, I have to confront the my own shit in my own life. And that means good and bad. Like We've had a lot of other guests or I've had a lot of other guests on the velvet side of things who have faced challenges or um, themselves and just like faced them head on. And they're like, hey, this is what I want for my life. And I feel I feel like very in that time of my life, like this is what I want for my life. This is the kind of relationships that I want. This is who I want to be. And all I can do is operate that way. And then everything else is up to the universe. So, right. Yeah. We shall I think see. it's a really powerful, mature place to be. And I know whenever I have someone that comes to me mm-hmm. and maturely confronts something, I always appreciate it. Me too. And that, but you know? to me, that shows the health of the other person, you know, mm-hmm. or I mean, or it's like, sometimes we have reactions initially and then we can process through them. But like, if a person isn't capable of that, like, what am I doing? Wasting right. my energy and time. Like I have spent way too many years trying to like hold the relationship for both people. And I cannot do that anymore. Right. Like it no, has literally almost killed me. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. It was very freeing when I got to that piece and just kind of like settling into, you know, I can only do my part. We'll see what happens. There right. you go. There you we, go. We did have a couple emails come in that specifically to me asked questions that felt confronting so should we should we give the yeah, listeners a little, yeah, yeah. a little advice we've we've not done this in a minute um chip started reading an email as i said that no i'm lee i'm here i'm <laughs> here are you typing don't try to get let's confront <laughs> this yeah okay okay um this one came from megan she said hi love your pod just ended things with my boyfriend of 3.5 years any insight on how to move forward especially with the feeling of shame around being alone but now but no, he's not the person for me in your 30s. So she basically got to the point where she's like, this is not my person. Timeline sucks because like time's ticking. I'm sure that's the pressure we feel as women. Right. Yeah. You've you've mentioned before that you don't really relate to this at all. Well, no, not really. Um, I mean, I can relate to the like being in a relationship where you're like, oh, fuck, this isn't the right thing. Yeah. But there being other factors that make it scary to end it, you know, like mm-hmm. 
you know, I moved here with a boyfriend and we were like living in a house together and it was like, right. He was going to be homeless, you know? Like, I know. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there are those, those things that like affect a decision, but, um, yeah, the, the ticking time of like, you know, what's it called? Nature's clock. What do you call that? Um, <laughs> I sort of feel like this is when you send me like all the memes about vaginas. Like yes, I love yeah. when you try to reference anything Nature's, about the female. Wait, what is that called though? <laughs> what, what? Yeah. Like nature, I guess like, I don't I actually don't know Something what you're referencing. Clock. Yeah. Like your internal clock, like internal clock. Maybe that's yeah, it. whatever. Biological um, clock, biological clock. That's okay. what, that's the word. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mean, I, that, that I don't relate to, but I, you know, I will say that like, as scary as it is, it's a lot scarier to be stuck in a relationship that's not for you. Amen. And opening yourself up to the possibility, um, opening yourself up to the possibility of finding the right person shouldn't be scary um, mm. because now you can, you know? So I think you have to look at the positive side of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, I know loneliness is a thing, but like, don't feel shame. You should be really proud of yourself for, um, for, sure. for taking that step because that, that is scary. Yeah. I love that you just said that you shouldn't feel shame because it's like, first of all, I guess the main thing that came up for me when I initially read this was I totally relate in the thirties specifically. I think that women feel that pressure immensely, excuse mm-hmm. me, <laughs> I hiccup. Um, they feel it immensely because like in your twenties, it's kind of all fun and games. Like you're just having crushes all the time. Maybe it doesn't feel very, it doesn't like feel like it has to be very serious. And then when you get to 30, even it starts to feel a little more like, okay, I'm can't make the excuse of I'm in my twenties anymore. I don't need to worry about that. I'm just going to have fun. Like you just kind of start to feel like life is a little more serious and you're more of an adult. And so yeah. you start to look at things a little differently. Um, but the thing about the timelines, and I do get that it's a little more difficult if you want to have kids, but like ultimately the main thing that I've learned is that shit is made up. Like it's beat into our head from day one, but it's just this like human construct that we've created that isn't real. Like Everyone in this life is on a different journey. And to try to say that we should live our lives all the same is fucking ridiculous. Like, it's just not real. And I'm here to learn my lessons so that my soul can evolve. And so are you. And so is Megan. And so is her ex and like all the things. And if that relationship served its like served its purpose for the season that it did, that's okay. Like not all relationships are supposed to last forever. And in fact, like most won't, you know, but that doesn't mean it didn't bring something to your life and to your soul for its next evolution. And so I guess my, like, if I have to give one advice, it would be to really try to let go of the idea that your life needs to look like anyone else's and just embrace where you are now and like, try to stay open to what the universe is bringing to you because you can't, bring in new good stuff while you're still holding on to the past. Like, right. It sounds like that relationship wasn't serving you. So like you said, good for you for letting it go. And you're just opening yourself up to something greater. Like there's only gifts coming your way. That's how I feel. And especially if you stay open to that. Um, Like I'm, like I said, about to turn 41. I have absolutely no fear about relationships anymore. It's wild. Like I used to feel like, oh my God, time is ticking. My life is over. I'm never whatever. But like, 
I don't feel it. And so it's opened my dating life up to so much more fun and joy. And everyone who's come in is teaching me something. And however long they stay, great. And if they need to go, okay. Like, it's just, it'll be okay, you know? Right. If you are worried about kids, go freeze your eggs. Start saving your money. Start doing, like, you have options. Right. So I would just really try to let go of fitting your life into a little box and, like, go do you. This is the time to shine, girl. Well, yeah. And what, what when doing yourself, that's when someone's going to see the authentic you. Yes. And be like, there's Amen. my girl. Yeah. Yes. Like getting to know yourself. It's like, I kind of hate when people talk about you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. But I do think the truth in that statement is like, until you know yourself, it is difficult to find a relationship that works for you. You know, because, and that was like a lot of my thirties was, I didn't know who the fuck I was at all. I think you guys probably knew me more than I knew me, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. I'm talking about my friend group. Um, like y'all could see who I was more than I could. Like I was still testing things out to be like, am I this person? Am I that person? You know? And, and now I can sit a little more confidently and no, I am this person. Even the the bad parts are like the hard parts. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is interesting. Like you said, what it's bringing in is so much more aligned and makes me so much happier than anything else I've had. So look, you're growing too. I'm trying. (laughs) Okay. Here's another one. This one comes from Nikki. She said, I'm sorry. I was trying to write an email. She slid into my DMs. I feel like, but I feel like I or my job is attracting so many people that quote unquote want things from me. Or I find out months later, friendships were purely one-sided so they could enjoy the perks. I even had an old friend call me out online for not helping her business with my job. I mean, apparent, apparently I'm doing something right that people want from me, but they don't invite me trying to connect because I make things happen. So basically she's feeling used is the right, summary of right. that. But I feel like I'm getting played more and more. I love connecting with people like you say, Kelly, but lately the balance is off. I don't want to be the planner all the time and work and play. I guess it would be like if every person you come into contact with constantly ask you if their outfit was good. (laughs) That's funny. People do ask me if I look at that and I'm like, nope, not worried about you. Um, I invite people to my work events because I can, but not everyone gets that invite. But I let friends go because I let a friend go because she made judgy comments about me while I was in work mode. I had to stop because having her for company while out was becoming hurtful. My true friends say you need celebrity, a micro celebrity boot camp. Everybody wants to be with you, but I feel like I'm not screening situations well. Help. You might wow. deal with this a little bit in your job. Yeah. Chip. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, hmm. I'm, yeah. I potentially I do. I don't, I feel like I've, I surround myself with good people You do that have like gotten, I mean, probably the worst culprit though would be my sister, but okay. I don't ever feel like she's using me, you know, like I just think Hard that like it's your sister. Yeah. yeah, And, and it's, um, yeah, I think the one thing she doesn't recognize is that like any favor that I ask on her behalf is one less favor that I can ask for myself. Sure. You know what I mean? So, but I'm happy to like, I want to get her whatever she wants, you know, like I'm happy to do that. 
So I haven't really, I, you know, it's been very rare that I've felt that um, I'm being used. Um, and, but the interesting thing is like, sometimes in like the dating space, I definitely have recognized when I am trying to like use it to my advantage too, you know? Oh, that's And yeah. So, um, and sometimes that's dangerous because then ultimately you feel like you're being, you, you like, you're like, if it doesn't, if you're not clicking, you're like, they're just using me, you know? And Sure, yeah. Um, but then ultimately, you were the one who started I it. I was the one that started yeah. it. So, yeah. you know, I think we're all a little guilty of it because it's, I, yeah. I think sometimes that, you know, it's really important um, with work to not let your work define who you are. Mm, um, so much and easier in, said than done. I know. And in, the, in those instances, that's like me being like, Part of me is like the special access sure. that I can get you. And that's not me. You no. know, if this person's not going to like me, they're not going to like me. If they're going to like me, they're going to like me. Sure. No matter what I do. Um, the other stuff is just like icing. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's um, important for Nikki to like, remember that like her job isn't what she does mm -hmm. or isn't her isn't job who isn't she who is. she is. And um, if she feels like, anyone in her life is starting to look at her as her job, then it's probably a good time to stop inviting them to do the fun things that your job, you know, entitles you to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that people stop associating. And then like your real friends will appreciate the, the time away from work with you a lot more. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. 
It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, for us, working in music, a lot of what I like to do in my free time is go to see shows. You know, it's just what I love to do. So it's it's harder for me because I don't think of those as like work things. I think of those as things that I'm getting to do, and I want some friends to come along with me. So it's a little bit different. But don't you feel like for the most part, like you would be talking about when you say friends, you're talking about our friends. A lot of coworkers. And coworkers. And it's like people that we've been friends with for so long that I think we've developed the relationship ahead of time. So like, I guess my point is saying like, you made a great point when you said, I have to realize when I'm leading with that in dating, because I don't know these people That's a new person. Like you have to kind of earn that sort, that space in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Correct. I love that point. I think that is really great. Um, and also, like, I do talk about this a lot where I feel like I can get in that one-sided dynamic where everyone just, like, wants something from me. But, like, ultimately, that's on me. It always right. goes back to me. Like, if I I have actually had a couple friends going through really hard times and I have myself have had a lot on my plate. And so I've had to really like catch myself because I can start overgiving and taking on their problems as my own because I do want to help them. They're people that I love. But if it's taking away, like if it's giving so much energy that I'm not able to function in my own life, that's not good for either of us. Right. Like, and I know they wouldn't ultimately want me to do that. And so that's when I have to start setting boundaries. Mostly the boundaries are with myself. If I'm being really honest, like I feel like most of my friends are very accepting of me, like needing to state a boundary. It's mostly like I have to watch myself sort of like what you're saying with the dating to where I'm holding true to myself and my schedule and my needs first. And then when I'm, my cup is full saying, okay, like what can I do? Because if we're depleted, and our and we're on empty like we're no good for anyone else either. So I think there it's like a multiple thing. It's like don't lead with that like you said, like let people earn that that space in your life. And then also if you continuously are finding this dynamic like it might be time to look at why or like how much you're giving in a relationship and if you're holding boundaries with yourself or kind of cuz I think kind of like we'll keep attracting the same thing until we learn the lesson. Right. So right. like Exactly. You're continuously in that, then there's something the universe is trying to show you. So mm-hmm. that's what I got on that one. There you go. It's always about looking in the fucking mirror, you know? Right, like, right. man, it's mm-hmm. tricky. It's tricky. Well, especially it. when it's something that is um uh, habitual is not the word. If it's you're seeing it come up a lot in your life, 
Oh yeah. Then I think it's important to look in the mirror and be like, well, maybe it's not. What's the common denominator blame. here? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like I talked about that with uh, Terry too. Should we, you know, our instinct as humans is to always look at the other person. It's so much easier to put blame, like especially when we're confronting new issues in our life. It's just like, well, they did this, but like, what's your part in it? And that's not to say they're not doing anything. You just can't control them. So right. you can only control yourself. Anyway, um, that's our advice. That's, a, that's, that's our, our that advice. on that. Uh-huh. Um, do you have anything else? To, <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing, though. Do you have anything else you want to give to the people about this month of confrontation or confronting? Um, no, I'll just reiterate to, like, remember to be as kind as possible when confronting things, whether it's to yourself mm-hmm. or um, to others. Yeah. And if you guys haven't listened to the Terry podcast yet, she gave an amazing example of how she confronted something with her husband that I loved. Like she sat with it for a minute until she, and she couldn't like something kept coming up for her. She sat with it to try to figure out, but it was a behavior he was doing, but it was about something in her. And she never actually figured out exactly what it was with her, but the way she approached the conversation with him was with so much ownership and then just asking for what you need. And I just loved Mm -hmm. it. It like really helped me. So go check out that podcast with Terry Cole. We also just had a bunch of fun guests on. I did tell you, I really, the one thing popping up in my life, and we're not going to get to this topic today, but if anyone else has any thoughts on this Al Pacino situation, (laughs) I I can't get off it. Like I literally cannot get off the fact that this 83 year old man just had a baby with a 29 year old. I'm shook. Yeah. Nobody, there's one person in my life who gave me the reaction I wanted and everyone else is kind of like, why do you care? (laughs) I mean, that's kind of where I said, it's like, why do I care? But it's also like, I don't know why, but I'm just, he's 83. Like, (laughs) I can't believe he can still get it up. (laughs) I know. Well, I'm sure there's a pill involved, but maybe, but like his sperm is still good. It's the baby. That's the fucked up thing about life. The men can have kids until literally the day they die. And we literally have a geriatric pregnancy at the age of 35. Don't even get me started on this topic. Don't even get me started. (laughs) This is like a whole other hour. We don't have the time. Yeah, it's so, it is literally, like, it's why you guys don't feel the pressure. I mean, like, I know you're, you're in a gay relationship. And so I think it's a little different. But in hetero relationships, like, there's so much of that Peter Pan syndrome. And guys are like, what's the rush? And we're like, there's such a rush. Like, right. we have to live in the rush, you know, we're forced to. And so we're also forced, I think, to grow up a lot faster in a lot of ways. But right. um, yeah, if I was a dude, I'd be like, whoa, I can have a baby at 83, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's but like maybe it is a self-preservation thing, too, because women take on so much work in the role of being a mother. Could you imagine if you were a new mother at 85 years old? You couldn't be. You couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't. I think a dad can now. just like go watch TV and like a normal, you know, at any age, right. that's what they're doing. You know, it's like, yeah. and that's, I'm I'm stereotyping. I know it's not every dad, but how like, hands on you think Al Pacino is? Let's talk about <laughs> Does he know the kid's name? Who knows? He probably will have trouble remembering it at that age. So I just, this it's like, four. I'm, Oh my God. His kids, <laughs> his other kids are older than his new baby mama. Yeah. I'm being so judgy right now. I know. It's just one of those topics that I I like saw the headline this week 
and I like skipped past it. And then I was scrolling more. And then I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And I went back and I went on such a deep dive of that girl because everyone too was like, well, money can buy a lot or whatever. That girl's rich. She's like a Royal. She, they have billions of dollars. She doesn't need money. Also guess who she dated before Al Pacino. Mick Jagger in his seventies. Wow. She likes an old man. At least she's consistent. I mean, she doesn't even have daddy issues. She has granddaddy issues. That's right. How it feels. I just like there's, I don't know. I know way too much about this family now, but <laughs> yeah, like, her sister dated Prince, uh, Michael Jackson, Prince Jackson. Oh, really? Do you have any questions about this family? You guys email me at the edge <laughs> at velvetedge.com because I know everything. All oh, right. You're being casual. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> My brain sometimes just won't let me be. Anyway, like I said, you can email us at theedge at velvetsedge.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Velvet's Edge. Chip. I'm at Chip Dorsch. It's C-H-I-P-D-O-R-S-C-H. And as you guys are going into the weekend and you're living on the edge, I hope you can remember to do this way more than I can. <laughs> and always remember to. At- casual wow you really made us like wait for that one <laughs> wow i did kind of cut yeah, out like, too, so it was like ca- a little bit, casual. casual i think maybe i got too loud Mic drop. Mm. okay mm. all right <laughs> bye, bye. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.